Good morning, evening or any other time. I am pleased to greet you, listener. My name is Ivanov Grigori. My team does frightening videos with animation for YouTube. Each story has a video clip, which can be found on my YouTube channel, Gruan. And if you speak Russian, you can also watch the Russian version of the story. The Snowman The Story of Grandpa Gerard The snow crunched loudly under my boots and broke the silence enveloping the deserted street. Large snowflakes hit my face and settled smoothly on my disheveled hair. I turned up the collar of my coat, hugging my warm wool scarf closer. It was getting dark outside, and the sun rarely peeked out from under the clouds at this season. As I walked down the alley, the fluffy snow was lit by the glow coming from the window of my grandfather Jared's house. A small, cozy two-story house towered over my shivering silhouette, and I stamped my feet on the doorstep to get the snow off my shoes and went inside. The hot air of the house immediately befuddled my mind. My ears were burning with cold and my frozen fingers refused to obey me. I brushed the snow from my hair and took off my coat. There was a fireplace in the living room and the flames licked at the fresh wood making a soft pleasant crackling sound. Grandpa Jared was sitting in a feather chair. His head was thrown back and he was snoring serenely, warming himself by the fire. He had an open book in his hand. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the name Bradbury on the cover. I don't know what gave me away at that moment, but my grandfather let out a long snore and throwing up his head, woke up. He looked up at me, then rubbed his face with the palm of his hand. Oh James, you're here! Let me look at you, he said squinting. My god, you're taller than your father. You obviously want to be an astronaut, don't you? My grandfather laughed and got up from his chair and hugged me. I hugged him back and sat down in the chair across from him. How are you, grandpa? The heart wasn't playing tricks anymore. I rubbed my cold hands together and put them to the fire. Oh, James, your grandfather is still strong, believe me. He smiled. You must be cold. Would you like some tea? I didn't have time to answer. Of course you're cold. You don't wear a hat. Where's your hat? Show it to me. I smiled now. I don't have a hat, Grandpa. I left it at home. Jared snorted. Left it? Oh, youngsters. You want only to look fashionable, go around in your skinny jeans and without a hat with a lacquered hairstyle, and then you can't even make a baby. He shuffled into the kitchen, muttering under his breath. Disgrace! What a disgrace! I looked around. The house was the same when I stayed with my grandfather during the holidays. Wooden walls, floorboards, and a long staircase that now seemed tiny. I must have grown up, that's the point. Above the fireplace hung a picture of a dark, dense forest. Branches like tentacles emerged from the thicket, ready to carry away anyone who came near them. And in front of the entrance to the forest stood a little girl in a red robe. As a child, this picture seemed creepy to me, and even now, to be honest. But my grandfather always said that the girl depicted on it is us, 
and the fourth is our fears, and if we are not afraid to enter them, we will become invincible. This girl reminded me of the purpose of my visit. My parents left my little sister Emilia with my grandfather for the weekend, and I came to pick her up. He liked to babysit his grandchildren. He's sort of person who can cheer anyone, even the deaf and dumb. And with Amelia, it's not a problem at all. She's just a baby, but so sweet. Her eyes are large and blue. You look at them as if you are looking at the starry sky. There was a clatter of dishes in the kitchen, and Grandpa appeared with two steaming cups on a tray. He put them on the table and sat down in a chair. Grandpa, where is Amelia? I've forgotten all about her. My hand reached for the cup, and the hot dishes burned my cold fingers pleasantly. Amelia is asleep. So exhausted today. And how does she have so much energy? Grandfather smiled and sipped his tea. At this moment, I was reminded of my childhood episodes again. On cold days like this, I would sit next to my grandfather and listen to his stories from my youth. He spoke in a way that made my heart stop beating. It was as if he was opening a door to his soul, taking me by the hand and leading me into the midst of magical and unimaginable fantasies. Grandpa, tell me a story, as before. Besides, there's nothing to do. I took a sip of tea and the liquid burned my throat. Grandfather Gerard set his cup down on the table, his gaze going behind me. Hmm, a story. He scratched at his gray stubble. What can I tell you? Aha! Uh -huh. Granddad shouted and held up a finger as if in celebration. Yes, there is a story. I didn't tell you about it because you were too young. But now I think you will be okay. Just promise me you won't get up in the night screaming and run to your mother's bed. He smiled. So, his eyes were fixed on the hearth. It seemed that there he wanted to see those forgotten memories. It was in the mid-sixties. I was about twenty-five at that time. Well, I lived in a small apartment in a small town, between Bright Falls and the state. My grandfather paused. I don't remember and it doesn't matter. It was really cold, even freezing at that time. And everyone was just recovering from Christmas. And the snow at that time was not as it's now. It was a real tsunami. It simply captured the city in its cold, snow-white embrace. He reached for his tea and took a sip, wincing at the heat of the drink. What was I saying, James? It was cold. That's right, it was cold. And at one point, children began to disappear in the city. His eyes flashed in the light of the flames. Someone did not return from school. Someone went to the store without reaching it. But the most interesting thing is that there were no signs of a kidnapping. No one saw anything. No one heard anything. No one could find any corpses or survivors. He ran a hand over his old bald head and paused for a moment. The police worked hard. A curfew was imposed on the streets. Anyone who showed up on the streets after 10 was arrested. And the poor children were never left alone for a second. They were brought to school by their parents, he slapped his hand on his knee, and taken from there too. Police were on duty near schools and playgrounds. In general, the town was on high alert. He licked his lips and looked into my eyes. And all that 
lasted until spring. My grandfather's voice was quieter and more mysterious. He leaned toward me a little, and I did the same. The children have finally been found. He paused and lowered his voice to a whisper. But no one survived. I gave a start. Something deep inside me tingled, and fear settled under my skin. Do you know how the children were found, James? How? My voice broke. They thawed out. Spring came, and all the corpses came out. But that's not the worst of it. Grandfather moved even closer, and his voice became booming and muffled. The worst thing is that all this time the children were inside the snowmen. At that moment, I didn't even notice how my hands were trembling feverishly. I didn't fully understand the meaning of the words, but my subconscious was drawing the pictures. Are you serious? They were inside the snowman, Grandpa. He licked his lips again. It's very simple, but at the same time, brilliant, James. The killer would kidnap children, kill them, then build snowmen and stuff them inside. More than 10 boys and girls have disappeared since then. But do you know why it's both brilliant and terrible, James? I shook my head, not taking my eyes off my grandfather. Because the cops and just ordinary citizens, several times a day passed by these frozen-to-death corpses and didn't even suspect that they were very close. Can you imagine what they felt when they went out in the street one day and saw a human hand or a child's frozen face emerge from the melting snowman? Or the mother of a missing child went to work and the dead eyes of her child stared at her from the snowman. I couldn't hear it anymore, but I had to find out what was bothering me. The story was frightening, but it seduced my avid heart. And who committed all these murders? I don't know why, but I spoke in a whisper too. My grandfather shook his head. They didn't find him. They wanted to make one homeless man guilt, but there was no evidence. He paused and now completely engrossed in the fire of memories, sipped his tea peacefully, looking at the hearth. Not found, not will be found, he repeated again without looking up from the fire. Fear and the picture of what he had told me seethed in my soul. I exhaled, got up from the chair, and stretched. The story gave me the creeps. Yeah, Grandpa, it's been a long time, but you can still scare me. It's a terrible story, and I wish you hadn't told it to me. Anyway, I think we should wake Amelia up. It's already dark outside. I stomped toward the stairs, but my grandfather's voice stopped me in my tracks. Oh, James, don't you understand yet? He turned to me, and at that moment, his mad, meaningless gaze stared into my eyes. My grandfather's toothless, strained smile had seemed eerie at the time otherworldly. Emilia is asleep. He lifted a hand and pointed at the window. She won't wake up until spring. My gaze slid from the finger to the window pane, where a frost had daintily drawn beautiful patterns. In the light of the fire, which cast a light on the backyard, I could see a small, neatly made snowman, about the size of my little sister Emilia. YouTube channel Griwan. There you can find ways to contact me. 
thank you for your ratings and comments. Thank you for your encouragement.